Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Now, the business update. After a difficult year, experts are optimistic a recovery is imminent, with key indicators improving. And yet, men everywhere continue to dress as if they just rolled out of bed. The economy is ready to bounce back. Are you? At Charles Tirrett, we have the high-quality shirts and smart menswear to get you back to your best. Try our introductory offer with three shirts for only $99, delivered free. Use code POD99 at ctshirts.com or any Charles Tirrett store. Hello there, and welcome to another scintillating episode of The Wolves Fancast. Adam Price here, and I am your pilot for this episode today, and my live wire crew for today are Matt Guy. How are we doing, guys? Hello. Ben Husband. Evening. And Luke Thompson. How are you doing? You're right. Guys, how, how are we all feeling? <sighs> oh. A lot better than I was. <laughs> Sounds like, a, sounds like a sigh of relief, if anything else. Yeah, uh, exhale, exhaling out stress after that. All right, well, um, so we talked about uh, the international break and how proud we are of uh, Captain Connor Cody, as well as a preview to today's Leeds game on Friday's podcast. But before we dive into tonight's game versus the Yorkshire Whites, um, we have a YouTube channel. So uh, please go and search Wolves Fancast on, on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to the channel uh, as we're adding new content all the time. Uh, Gully has recently launched the Fancast GTA. No, not that type of GTA. Um, and there will be a new episode based uh, shortly on what's happened tonight. So please go and check that out when it's out and available. Uh, and even more recently, Dan has launched his Fancast FIFA Greet where he previews Wolves' next game with a fan from the opposition and continues his discussion whilst having the game of FIFA 21 with them. Uh, it's a good job I'm not doing that because I've not played the FIFA since uh, probably like FIFA 13. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't even have a PS4 for a start, so I'll be absolutely useless at that. And I'm certainly not playing Jordan if what Matt says is true and that he was number 40 in the world. <laughs> so so I, may have so, I may have hyped him a little too much there, but 
I'm more interested in um, in Gully's GTA fan cast. Is is he murdering prostitutes on on YouTube or what's the, what's no, the crack? He, do, he doesn't do that on YouTube. That's on exclusively YouTube. for Twitch. Okay. <laughs> Prime Twitch I, member only. Luke would though. I'll do it on anything. Absolute dry boy that was. <laughs> Uh, so please do go and check that out and support us over there on that there YouTube. Um, right then, so let's dive in straight onto tonight's game against the Yorkshire Whites. I know we're talking about FIFA just, but I'm using the Pez term there by calling them Yorkshire Whites. Um, so this was a game I was actually I was really really looking forward to. As, as I said on Friday, as part uh, two proper teams who haven't really crossed swords that much in the, in the Premier League era down the years. Uh, so first off. Uh, Matt, tell me about what you thought of our lineup because I looked on Twitter off the official account and even in our own WhatsApp group, it, it was uh, there was a bit of polarised opinion about it. So tell me what you thought. Yeah, polarising is probably right in terms of the the views of of Twitter. Pretty much as it always is, you're going to get some people loving it, some people hating it. I was a little concerned about. Matinho playing and and hasn't been in in fantastic forms of late and is is that the kind of physicality that you want in the middle of the park really um, I was a bit concerned about that but interesting to see Sace at left wing back as well glad that, well as we now know glad that Kilman retained his place also it was um, nerves was probably the word I'd use to describe how I felt pre this game and then when I saw the lineup pretty much the, exactly the same nervous and slightly moist <laughs> uh ben what did you think did you were you in favor of the lineup or were there some slight issues that you had with the team my my biggest issue at the moment is i'm not sure matinho is capable of playing in a in a two-man midfield and i don't think tonight particularly changed that opinion for me i, I i'm of the opinion that neves is is one of my first names on any Wolves team sheet. Um, and and we'll get onto it, but I thought we lacked, we did lack control. And I, I, I mean, Sky Sports said he, uh, Andy Hinchcliffe sort of said Bettinia had had an incredible game. And I, I didn't particularly see that myself. I, I, did, I thought it passed him by, actually. Because of the reaction to it, I think my, my initial reaction sort of turned. Because maybe at first when I saw the team, I wasn't particularly happy. But the absolute outrage at the team, I was just like, it's not that bad. Like, this team did keep a clean sheet against a side that also got promoted alongside Leeds last season. I mean, I did. Um, I, I, well, I did see on the, 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 the Twitter thing. There was people like tweeting, "There's still time to change this," or you know, all all this stuff. And, and I couldn't. It was the I, real team. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. And I couldn't. I couldn't really go along with that. But uh, Luke, what what, did, what do you reckon? Did you were you happy with it? We we. Uh, Follow, following the opinion of others, were you uncomfortable with Sais at left wing and back? You wanted to see Marcel at Norian. What was your thoughts on it? Uh, to be fair, I just saw Nevers and Traore on the bench. And I didn't really think too much of it. Nuno picks what Nuno wants to pick. Every single week we'll be arguing, oh, he should be in for him. He should be in for him. It's, it is what it is. Just judge, just judge how the game goes, not before we've even kicked the ball like. I did think Saiz was going to move back into defence and Marcel come in left wing back. Um, but again, you know, I'll be honest, I, I didn't even pay much attention to the team before kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm going to lie. I, I opened up my app 
I've seen Nevers and Traore wasn't starting and I was on the bench, closed my app and then just turned the match on. We laugh at that though, but like we laugh at what, what Luke said there, but that is probably like a good thing to do because how many times in Nuno's three, three and a bit years have we looked at a team and gone, what is that? Like, what is that? As, as well, you know, there's been times he's picked the team and I have thought, well, what the fuck's he playing him for? And then who I thought that a bit, it's actually gone on and had a decent game, like and done a job for us. So, all right, yeah, sometimes players have an off day, but nine times out of ten, the, it's just it, we, we play as a team, don't we? Like it's, do you know what? I don't even know what I'm talking about now. To be fair, <laughs> completely, completely lost me. But I've lost myself. But yeah, in a nutshell. I don't really pay much attention to the team. I literally just Nuno going to pick what Nuno going to pick. Like like Ben was saying, you get the outrage on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. How many times as a football manager ever saw football fans moaning on social media and thought, oh fucking hell, you know what? Maybe he's right. He's got three retweets and seven likes. Oh, yeah, I will kill him for Marcel. Does he? I've seen. I've seen. Dave, Dave from Whit Marines is having a go at me playing, say it's at left wing back, so I'm going to change it while I still Exactly. It's <laughs> pointless. It's pointless. Just watch the game, mate, and then see what you make of it after that. Well, let's let's get on to the game then. So, um, I mean, we, we it was a bit of a baptism of fire when the game started. We for, for pretty much all of the first half, we 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 seem to be, or certainly from my eyes, we seem to be on on the back foot, but. Um, we we seem to be sort of soaking up a lot of pressure from Leeds. But Matt, how did you see the first half going? Did you spot any any issues at all at all? And, and do you think we were lucky to go in at nil nil at half time? I don't necessarily think we were lucky to go in nil nil because Leeds didn't really create any clear cut chances of their own. Um, the the kind of way the game went is encapsulated by the fact that my third note in the whole of my notes is 17th minute it's taken for us to get any possession. You know, it took us, you know, nearly the best part of 20 minutes. And in the 18th minute was the first futsal conversation for, for Matt So, yeah, exactly. Um, we just couldn't seem to get, you know, involved in the game enough. And then when we did, when we did actually receive possession, we threw it away so willy-nilly with, with like lumping the ball, like something that we, we, this just isn't in our DNA that often. And it was really, really frustrating. Um, Tomato found it very difficult to get involved and <clears throat> allow him to be that creative outlook that we want on his side. Um, but I don't, I don't think we were lucky to go in nil-nil because Leeds themselves, they were, they were quite all huff and puff, but they were a lot of all sizzle and no steak. They didn't really, you know, create much themselves. So I think it was just a battle of attrition, really, and not a fantastic watch, much less than we were lucky. And um, Ben, I'm keen, I'm keen to get your thoughts. Matt mentioned there on uh, on, on Samedo. I'm, I'm keen to know your thoughts, not just on the first half, but also on Samedo's performance as well. Because, again, I have saw a few comments about how the fact he's not either he's struggling either to adapt in the system or just had a bad performance. What was what's your thoughts, Ben, on on the first half and, and Samedo as well? I, I thought Samedo was excellent first half. Actually, I thought he was, along with, probably along with Kilman and Neto, I thought I thought Samayla was excellent. I think the one thing he's he's still adjusting to, and you can tell, is 
La Liga doesn't have that type of big, long diagonal that comes. And he just got caught underneath a couple of them, which, you know, Doherty was excellent at, at sort of sniffing those out and being able to head those away. And I thought he got caught under a couple in the second half. Um, but to me, every time he's on the ball, you can just see the class he's got. I think he's a, he's a much better footballer than, than Doherty was in terms of his ability to pick a pass and, um, and just the way he reads the game. Um, but look, he's... As, we, as we're going to get on to a few more times, that it, this is still a work in progress. And I think Smido is a work in progress. But I saw the signs in that first half. I mean, if you go one-on-one with him, I, I think nine times out of ten he wins the ball. He's, he looks that good defensively. Um, we haven't seen a lot going forward. Uh, but I think a lot of that's also, you have to counter in the fact that we've not had any real presence on. It's been a different sort of shape, hasn't it? With Sai sort of coming cutting back in as almost like a, a third midfielder when Wolves go forward. And it, it's been a little bit different in terms of the shape, but I, I think the signs are, are really positive for me. Um, and, and, you know, when he did get in trouble, I thought he got himself out of it as well. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he was... I thought he was one of Wolves' better players today. So, Luke, talk to me. Talk to me about that first half. Um, any Were we outplayed by Leeds or were we happy to contain the pressure with no real end result from Leeds? How did you, how did you see that first half going? Uh, I thought it was quite poor the first half. Um, we allowed Leeds way too much time on the ball, uh, backing off, allowing crosses into the box. Second balls, I, I don't think we won one, one second ball in the first half. Um, like Matt mentioned, 17 minutes to get any real possession. Um but I think there was one or two spells in the first half, one after about 18 minutes, 17, 18 minutes, and obviously at the end when we had the good chance, where when we actually got the ball down and played, we actually looked okay. But I think Matt touched on it earlier as well, you know, just lumping it forward, clipping it forward, and it wasn't sticking. So the pressure just being invited straight back onto us. Um, so watching that first half, I was quite concerned. Um, and I was happy to get in at Milner at half-time uh, because, obviously, we, we all know we're, we're a team of two halves. Always have one shit half and then we have one really good half. It's weird because it's been happening nearly for two seasons now. Um, so, yeah, happy to get in at Milner first half. Second half, completely different team. We was pressing higher. We was pressing quicker. We was winning second balls. And it made the world of difference. We, you know, we we'd actually getting our foot on the ball in the middle of the park. Um, I thought Matinho was a passenger first half, grew into the game second half. Um, he was getting his foot on the ball, linking up play nicely. Um, we looked a completely different team. Um, I think if, if you look in the first half, I bet we only had three or four touches inside their box in the whole first half. And that probably all came in one player's play. Second half, you know, we, we was getting on the ball a lot higher, further up the field, and it was actually sticking when it was going up, which took the pressure off the defence and allowed us to push up. Um, second half was much better. And on the balance of play, and in terms of chances created, I think we deserve to win the game in the end. So, yeah, I mean, we've definitely shown evidence there of, of being that second half. So let's talk about more on that second half. So, Matt, when... Um... When say smashed that volley into the bottom corner, did you jump up to celebrate it, or are you now ingrained with 
uh, VAR that you, you, you're disciplined enough to hold back and wait until VAR no, has its say? Absolutely not disciplined enough. Jumped up, wife came up going, what's going on? The whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> relegated to the re- relegated to the uh, to the upstairs TV to watch it because of the uh, the frustration and, and annoyance uh, that I was huffing and puffing through the first half. But no, I think um, you know you must be absolutely gutted if you're safe and you've scored uh, you've scored a well you haven't scored a goal like that, but you've you've hit a ball as sweetly as that and it's gone in and that's ruled out. I mean, I don't want this to, to become a VAR debate or anything. Offside is offside, as I'm sure Stewie's absolutely beaming with glee to say. Um, but it's, you know, it must be frustrating for him. But no, I was caught up in the emotion of it. And it's just part and parcel of the game now. You know, you do have to have a look first to um, to make sure it's given. There was a there was a great clip of a lad um, from Liverpool earlier in the week who was giving it right big and when uh, when their game, when their goal got disallowed. And you just don't want to be that person on the internet do you, doing that. No, I mean, to be fair, I, I, I also jumped up. But then as soon as they bought the first screen up, when to show they were checking, I just thought, well, that's that then. Mm-hmm. No point getting excited anymore because that because that's that. But um, I want to talk a bit about uh, Raul's goal as well. So I know uh, Ben, there's probably a bit of slice of luck involved with it. One with the defender slipping in the build up to the goal, but then the shot itself. But had had Raul really earned that slice of luck by essentially taking on two or three Leeds players on his own and still managing to get his shot away? I, I thought that was absolutely world class world-class centre-forward player. There was, comes over and the defender slips. There's not another Wolves player in the half. And he holds the ball up. He plays that he beats, like, before the shot. It's not a great shot, obviously, but he's got a shot away. And and fair play to him. Just so good. Like, sometimes when you see him, you just... I, I, I still take him for granted a little bit, but when you see him do things like that, I just think he's the most natural number nines in Europe and, and that sort of... We saw that pretty clearly there. Makes us happy, really, that we've actually that we managed to hold on to him during the summer window. Because, like I say, some of those the, the, how he plays is must be what he must be sought after across Europe, and you don't get many centre forwards like him across Europe. Uh, so, and it's ultimately be the game changer for us as well. But one player that obviously stood out throughout the game was our centre half Maximilian Kilman, uh, Luke. How did you see his performance today? Do you think he was worthy of that man of the match? Um, I didn't give him man of the match personally. I thought Neto was our man of the match today. Uh, but Kilman had a good game, solid. He's one when he, he came in the other week and I thought, oh, Kilman, can we rely on him? Is he good enough? And he's come in two games, two clean sheets, two solid performances from him. So, you know, you've got to take your hat off to him and say, fair play, mate, you've, your opportunity's coming and you, you've taken it and you've not looked out of sorts or out of your depth at all. So, fair play to him. Good performance, good solid performance. And uh, Ben, are you happy to um, put on record now that you think Kilman is very good indeed? I was wrong. I'm happy. To, I'm <laughs> more than happy to say I was wrong. I didn't see it in him at all. I, I did not see it. If you'd have... I think against Punic, if you'd have said which centre-back is going to be still in, in Wolves back three and 12 months' time out of Vallejo and, and Kilman, I would have laughed at you for asking the question because I was I was that wrong on both. And, and fair play to him. I, 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 he was excellent. I think, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to get on to any other players, but I, 
I think Den Duncan needs highlighting as well. I just think he was just got through so much work again tonight. I thought he was he was brilliant and he does add something going forward as well. I think he's really stepped his game up there. So is there any other players that anyone wishes to highlight then that they think they had a good game in different game? Tell me tell me any of your standout players. Like I mentioned earlier, I thought Neto was fantastic, uh, especially second half, getting the ball, driving. It's the way he drives with the ball because he, he's quick, but he's powerful when he runs as well. Um, so it's so hard to defend him. Uh, he wins fouls, he gets us yards up the pitch, he's skillful, he's tricky, he's, he's quite intelligent as well. And to be fair, he was unlucky not to have a goal because if... That shot he had, that ailing blocked, which nearly took off Luke Hayden's leg. That was flying <laughs> right into the back of the net. And he's, he's just a talented, talented player, Neto. I genuinely think he's going to go far. Matt, any other standouts from you at all? Um, I think Podence had a frustrating game for him, personally, not, not for me as watching the game, because he never, you know, he, 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 a lot of effort there and he, he had a physical physical game as well with uh, with Ailinger parts as well, um, and I think there was a bit of frustration as he came off the pitch as well for being substituted. And you can see that it's going to be difficult for any of the wingers, if you want to call them that, or if he's going to be playing in the centre as well, to actually have a good run of, of ninety minutes in this team because there's so many different options. And you know, I think we've all in one way or another agreed that probably Adama is better as a, as an impact sub than he is as a, as a starter as well. So he must be getting frustrated at the fact that, you know, he he's giving a lot in terms of like miles and in terms of energy and trying to affect the game, but he's not actually showing that on the score sheet or in, or in the history books, you know, in terms of assists and things like that. So it would have been a frustrating evening for opponents. And I hope that he gets like the, the fruits of his labor um, you know, in the next in the next couple of games, I was actually um, I actually thought he was milking it when he got a thumb to the eye or the nose, yeah, yeah. like a hand in the face, and I saw they had a bit of blood in his finger, and I thought, oh, all right, fair enough, I'll let him have, I'll let him have that one. But yeah, you're right, you're right. I think you know it's going to be whoever plays either side of Jimenez, and they're not really going to play ninety minutes that much because Traore is inevitably going to come on for one of them. But so. We've won that game there. So that's we played three. Sorry, played five, won three. We're up to six. Matt, is this actually a good start to the season? Because prior to this result, just there were again some dissenting voices saying uh, uh, because we're in transition, we've not, had, we've not had a good start. Obviously, the West Ham results knocked a few people for six, but. Mm-hmm. We are now in six, the rule of six. So, are we actually? Is this actually now a good start to the season? All things considered, it's a good start to the season in in the fact that you know we've won three out of five and we're not actually playing fantastically well. You know, if you can win and not play well, imagine what will happen when we actually something does click and this becomes something that's a little bit more maybe creatively more uh, more successful for us. I just think the the most the single most important thing for me is that we've kept two clean sheets after that West Ham game, because it would have been so easy for us to capitulate and and actually ship a few more, um, because we don't look like a team that is going to put four past any team at the moment. Um, so it's just it's just very important that we've kept clean sheets and actually restored a bit of faith that the West Ham game was an anomaly and not 
to be expected. But it's you know it's got it's got to be a good start to the season when you've when you've when you've won three out of five games, surely. So Ben, what do you we often talked about a lot about this team being in so-called transition? But how long would you potentially see this transition going on for? Because Nuno has a lack of pre-season, will this transition go on for the next few weeks, months, maybe, or how long would you reckon it would take for Nuno's new system, if there even is one, to be bed into the team? I think I'm ready for a slight rant. Go for it. In terms, I, 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 I just don't understand why there are any can. I, I don't know why people are annoyed because maybe it's not brilliant. Wolves haven't been crap this season. They haven't. You can say that they've not been brilliant. They've kept three clean sheets in five Premier League games and won three of them. Like they've, mm. they were good against City in the second half. They were shocking against West Ham. Absolutely no doubt about it. They were shocking. Um. But um, I Wolves have have managed these five games with no training sessions and a lot of new players, a lot of new important players, and they've navigated it brilliantly. They've won three three games out of five. And if this is a transition, then we're going to be fine. Like we're going to be more than fine. What do you reckon, Luke? Are you are you sharing the positivity? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean. It's crazy how much a result can can change feeling, but this is why people just need to be patient. We're only five games in, in, into the new season, which is it's going to be a strange season. It's could be the most wide open season in Premier League history. Um, you know, I just don't see how people can say we've had a bad start when we're one point away from the current champions, and our centre half still has both of his knees. Um, <laughs> We've got more points than Tottenham, Chelsea. People have been saying how good West Ham starts being. We're two points in front of them. Everyone racking off our leads, two points in front of them. All right, they've got a game in hand, but we're two points in front of Manchester City, one of the best teams in in Europe. We're, we're level points with uh, Leicester and Arsenal, who both got Europe last season. You know, we're in a very very strong position, and we've got a we've got the you'd like to say on paper couple of easy games coming up as well, the next two. So if we can take full advantage of that, we put ourselves in, in a very strong position, you know, coming into the, the second quarter of, of the season. And the uh, last thing on Leeds specifically, Luke, do you reckon, because there's been a bit of a, I suppose, a narrative with Sky about there being a bit of a Leeds loving. Do you agree with that? Do you agree there's been a bit of a Leeds loving from Sky so it's far? embarrassing. It's embarrassing. embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. Leeds aren't even that big a club. Leeds are about the 28th biggest club in England, and that's a fact. When you go off um, history of league position, honours, all that sort of stuff, Leeds aren't a massive club. Leeds aren't even a big club. Big words. It's a fact. You know, for a a one-club city, you can't say the support's that good. Look how big Leeds is as a city by population. I'm not having it. They're not a massive club. And Leeds, I will argue it, Leeds are about the 20th to 25th biggest club in England. God, you wait till, uh, till Leeds fans get hold of this. On but Twitter. it's a fact. They'll be all over It's you. a fact. But, <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is the way that the Sky Sports are going on is like Leeds are some 
one of the fourth or fifth biggest clubs in, in the country, and they're not. And that's just a fact. So that's why it's embarrassing. Like, Leeds, like, for example, Sheffield Wednesday are bigger than Leeds. So what's going to happen when Sheffield Wednesday come up? They will get this treatment. Well, if, they, if they ever get up. Well, yeah, if, if they ever do get up, which I mean, they probably will, right? But... What do we reckon, guys? Are, are we in agreement with uh, are we in agreement with Luke's sentiments here? It's a tough one. Um, I think you get swept up in in romanticising history. You know, Leeds now have that documentary on Amazon Prime, which you know hypes them up to the nth degree as well. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't have as much vitriol towards Leeds as as most. Um, but at the end of the day, t- to be honest, once before the game starts, I pretty much turn the TV on at kickoff and I turn it off when the final whistle goes. I don't I don't like to read a lot into the punditry of others um, and try and get caught up in the hype that is Leeds. I think what frustrates me more from what I've been reading is they covered about five minutes or so of the game and they went straight onto United's defensive problems as in Manchester United's. So I think it's always going to be that way and that, you know, they need a, they need a romantic story, don't they, to, um, to talk about. And if that's going to be Leeds and so be it, but I, I try not to let it bother me. Can I, can I just add, I actually like Leeds. I know, no, I know a lot of people going, oh, dirty Leeds. I mean, Leeds was dirty in, what, the 70s. I wasn't born then, so that doesn't bother me. Um, I actually like Leeds. When Leeds had, like, Ian Art, Gary Kelly, um, Dominic Matteo, Eric Bakker, all them Viduka, Cure, quality the champion, team. The Champions, Champions League. League. Champions League quality. I used to love watching Leeds. So what I'm trying to say is it's not, I'm not anti-Leeds. I'm far from it. It's more so the treatment they get. They're not as big as the treatment they get deserves. Go on, Ben. Do you want the last word, Ben? Yeah, I think what annoyed me slightly was that if you were watching that game, you would have thought it was an FA Cup third round game. Like that was that was the way it was covered. Not the fact that Wolves have finished seventh in the Premier League two years in a row and were fucking European quarter finalists two months ago. It was that <laughs> that Wolves are travelling to Ellen Road to try and take on Bielsa. And it's like, well, we also beat Fulham last week, like who were also a newly promoted team. That, that's what it was. It was the seventh best team in the Premier League playing against the team that got promoted last season. And it just, just I just never felt it was like portrayed that way, particularly in the build-up or the, anything to do with the game, really. All right, then. Well, that brings us nicely to a close on Leeds. With a, so it's a 1-0 win for Wolves, puts up sixth in the table, and all is looking a bit more rosy in the Wolves' garden. Uh, so we'll call it a break there. And when we come back, we'll preview Newcastle. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, wolvesfancast.com. Please go check it out. But they're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise. So make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Uh, 
and welcome back. Um, so now we're going to preview Newcastle, who we are playing on Sunday. Um, they've had a bit of a, an indifferent start to the season. Um, they won two, lost two, and drew one of their five games so far this season. Um, Matt, I want to come to you first. Say, how do you view Newcastle United as a club? Do you see them? Do you, do you see them as a as a big club? And do you see them as? A, do you think they've recruited well during the summer? And do you really sympathise with their ownership position? I sympathise with their ownership position in that um, nobody wants to. Nobody oh, wants no. people that nobody wants people that have a stranglehold on a club anywhere. You know, we want we want football as as an entity to be thriving and, and we want to see, you know, I, I want to see the Premier League have the best players. If, if they're not playing for Wolves, then so be it. I'd like them to play for Wolves, don't get me wrong. Um, Recruitment-wise, Wilson, I thought, was a fantastic signing for them. I think a number of clubs should have been looking at Wilson, to be fair. Um, St. Maximam, I know not he wasn't brought in this window, but I think he is showing signs that actually he's going to be a real danger man. He's kind of like a Diet Coke version of Troy Ray in many ways. Pace to absolute, you know, his pace is ridiculous. Um, in terms of kind of Newcastle's stature, um, I do have a real soft spot for Newcastle in terms of purely going to their games and their and their fan base being such a welcoming and absolutely lovely people. Um, and it's a team that when I was watching football in in my in my early teens and and when I was kind of 10 11 they were like pushing on the door for for Europe quite a bit and there were there were quite a underdog story at the time and it was quite romantic as a as a footballing story and I thought this is really this is this is really good to see but I just if you're a Newcastle fan I would feel that that we were becoming a a Fulham again we're just in the league propping up the rest of the table and eventually time will take its toll because we're not pushing on as a club and we will eventually get relegated as Fulham did about 10 years ago. So what do you reckon, Ben? Do you, how do you see Newcastle? as a? Do you see them as a, as a big or potentially big club? And uh, given that Wolves have had ownership problems way in the past, do you, do you have any sympathy with you know, the, the, the situation they continue, continue to find themselves in? Nope. <laughs> I love, love it straight to it. We've annoyed the Leeds fans. Let's annoy the Newcastle fans. Let's go. I don't have any sympathy for them. What, why, what, what's deserving of sympathy? I think they're the most self-entitled fan base in the planet. Like, <laughs> Here we they go. Think they think they're massive. They're not a big club. Like Luke's gone after Leeds. I'm happy to go after Newcastle. They're not a big club. If they were anywhere, if they were in the Midlands, they'd be the same size as like Coventry. Absolutely irrelevant. I don't need to talk about them. They had Shearer 25 years ago or whatever before he became a boring pundit. And that's it. Nothing team should beat them. And if they don't, I'll be annoyed. I like Steve Bruce because he once said, where's the bacon? And that, that's about it, really. I've got nothing else to say on them. I thought their summer was crap as well. I thought they just signed players that, like, the Daily Mail would have wanted them to sign. Like... Ryan Fraser, Callum Wilson and Jeff Hendrick, like, fucking just play like God Save the Queen over the top and be done with it. No interest. Luke, any, uh, any increase on that at all? <laughs> um, I'm of the same thinking 
of, of Ben when it comes to Newcastle. Again, I think overrated by the media, not as big as their fans believe they are. Again, one club... I mean, yeah, you know what? Support, absolutely fantastic. You could put Newcastle in League 2 and they'd probably still get 30-odd fans and 30. But then again, saying that, they're probably the most toxic fan base in the league, so I'll take it all back, actually. <laughs> they're terrible, terrible club. The bedsheet brigade. Terrible. But again, it's that sort of mid to late 90s nostalgia, isn't it? When they... Keegan had his rant. They had Shearer, Ginola, Lesford. You know what I mean? They did have some good players back in the day, but... God, for the last, what, 15, 20 years, they've been average at best. They've just existed. Yeah. um, But there is potential there because of the numbers of the fan base. You know, if that club is doing well, they will get 50,000 every week. Um, So there is a potential there, but for whatever reason, Ashley just doesn't want to give it up or nobody wants to come in. Um, I was just looking. We've actually struggled against Newcastle at home. Over the, we haven't beat them at home since two thousand and three. Wow. Yeah, and that's one, two, three, four, five. That's six. They're six unbeaten at Molyneux. One, one draw. One, one draw. Lost two, one. Lost one, nil. One, one draw. One, one draw. That was after uh, Bolly took out there. Was it their keeper? And we got a really lucky goal to snatch a draw yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, it was actually. Um, right at the death as, death as well, wasn't he? Really late in, in, in the game. Um, it's a difficult one with Newcastle because this season, you look at them and you think, oh, they'll, they'll just do the same as they did last season, just end up finishing about 14th or wherever. But I think with Callum Wilson, Danger Man, St. Maximum, I, I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, but... You'd like to think we've got enough about us to beat Newcastle at home this season. Quite comfortably. I'd like a, just a comfortable 2-0 win where we dominate the game with 58% possession. Allowing Newcastle six total shots, two on target, one corner. I mean, you can probably put most of those in the bet builder apart from the possession stats. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not know I've got... Um, <laughs> I'm plugging this for Bet365. <laughs> so, yeah, let's let's have some let's have some predictions then and how we see the game going. Um, Matt, what do you reckon? Uh, are we going to overrun them or is Set Maximan going to become full fat Traore and... Um, <laughs> sugar taxes. <laughs> I think um, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. I think we'll do enough to to nullify them from having too much uh, attacks on us, as we did as we did against Leeds. You know, we're really we're really defensively organised. Um, I just hope that we have a little bit more creative prowess about us. But I think it'll be more comfortable than Leeds, and more comfortable than Fulham. In that, I think the cogs will start to turn a little more. I'd probably say I'd probably say an uneventful two 0 to us. Well, We'll take that. Ben, what do you reckon? Um, I'm going to go with a pessimistic 4-0 to Wolves. <laughs> Standard. No, because I was, I was thinking six. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with four. Get the job done. Move on. And then win the Premier League. And the Jeff Hendrick red card. 
Um, so has anyone actually, I'm, I'm assuming on, on uh, all our relative away day travels, have, have all of us been been up to Newcastle for an away day? Yeah. Tell, tell us, because I mean, I, I think everyone who goes to Newcastle, and myself included, for an away day has a cracking away day. Class. So I'm quite yeah, lucky we don't get to go. And I remember, I think, going to like Sam, Sam Jack's bar. I'm assuming, I don't know if we've all been there, but that's the one where basically they have a, a stripper on at like one in the afternoon. <laughs> and in the bar, and but they're so welcoming to away fans. It's brilliant, and have like a, a bit of compare with uh, all talking about uh, local like questions for the away fans, and like like I said, the people up there are, are amazing. So uh, yeah, people up there are amazing. Where I went when we beat them two 0 in the championship under Zenga on the coach on the way back. These little toll rags was throwing Maltesers <laughs> at the window. Maltesers, yeah, Maltesers, mate. What a waste. It's not exactly house bricks, is it? That same game, because I, I was staying in a hostel, stayed over the night for a night out, went into the Weatherspoons after the game, a couple of Newcastle fans came up, I thought, this is going to kick off now, bought me a beer, couldn't believe it. They were like, well done, have a beer. Didn't spit in it or anything, or piss in it or anything. No way. Well, they had more teasers in their back pocket as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, maybe, maybe I've interpreted that all wrong. And those just offering us more teasers as gifts. Yeah, that's it. I was I was there for that game as well, and I interpreted that it was a great away day. Well, it was it was, it was brilliant. I start I stopped over, and I think I ended up going to some some high end bar, which I had no place in being in whatsoever, and quickly decamped to flares for the remaining two hours of the night until nice. until kick out time. I might try but, and fish out the uh, the Bod Varsons on fire video I've got on my phone somewhere. Try and get it on the socials or something from that game. It's unbelievable. Nice. All right, so I think uh, wins all round really then against Newcastle. So that brings us nicely onto the quiz. So uh, I got my notepad ready to keep score. Uh, I've got three, well, one question for you each, and then the, the answer smash, followed by a tiebreaker if needed. So we'll dive straight into it. And the first question is for Lukey Boy. So, Luke, six years ago next week, Wolves beat Leeds 2-1 at Ellen Road, but who scored our 85th minute winner? Six years ago. Six years ago. Ooh. Which, by my maths, makes that 2014. Can't even remember who played for us in 2014. I'll tell you what, Newer Dicko. Newer I'm afraid that is incorrect. It was I think Leon. Now. Oh, no. Leon Clark. If Leon scores are on the pitch, that's what it was. I was there. I remember it. All right. Apologies, Luke, for that one. So the next one's coming at, straight at you, Matt. Um, last season, Johnny Otto score their equaliser away to Newcastle. Which side did he score his first Wolves goal against? Well, this was. Uh, Crystal Palace. No. Wall swing. Swing and a miss. Southampton. It was, yes, it was Southampton. I can't give you an extra point there, Luke. Oh, all directed. I'll take them all. <laughs> uh, ben, this one's coming at you. So we're going back to August 2010. Wolves drew 1-1 at home to Newcastle. Goals coming from Ebanks, Blake and Andy Carroll. But who played in goal for Wolves that day? <laughs> oh, I've literally got the first two questions right and then <laughs> Dan just chucked out who was in goal on a random day 10 years ago. Um, 
It's a goalkeeper um, one, so can, you can yeah. be one of a few. I know, yeah, but I can't think of any goalkeepers. <laughs> I'm going to go with Hennessy. I, I know it wasn't Hennessy, but that, that's who I'm going with. Oh, it was the other goalkeeper that began with a letter H. It was Marcus Hammerman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I knew it was one or the other. We drew a blank on that round then, across the board. So that brings us into the answer smash. This is fastest answer first, or buzz, or well, answer first. We haven't got a buzzer. Uh, former Wolves and Newcastle player mixed with the console featured on the fancast FIFA Greet. Oh, it's a bit of stunned silence here. So the former Wolves and Newcastle player mixed with the console featured on the fancast FIFA Greet. <laughs> I've got no, 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 it can't be right. No, it can't be right. No, I'm not even going to hazard it. I might have to uh, call the time on this one it's for the sake. Be... PlayStation, uh, something like that. It was Mike Williams Sony PlayStation. Oh my oh god! Oh my god! Who calls it a Sony PlayStation? Oh. <laughs> does Dan? Now, how, does Dan make all these quiz questions? Right, next one. Uh, there's three of these, so there's two more left. Former Newcastle manager and the Wolverhampton pub now known as George Wallace. I don't know what it was called before the George Wallace. <laughs> oh, that uh, scandalous that is, Ben. Where's the George Wallace? Oh, I can't believe all these questions about the George Wallace. Surely you oh, must know, Luke, where he is. Is that the one opposite the art gallery? No. No, that's a ghost. The, uh, the George Wallace is the one across the, the holy grail of the uh, Gifford Arts. Oh, fucking hell. What did it used to be called, Ben? I know what, it, I know what it's called. I just don't know the manager. <laughs> What was it called? Uh, it was a Litton Tree. Still don't know. <laughs> I'll have to call time on this one as well. Uh, it was <clears throat> Rude Hulliton Tree. No, oh no. <laughs> absolutely no, no I'm not having any. <laughs> I'm not having any. No, you know, well, this one was a tiebreaker. He's not going to see a mile off. Right, <laughs> the last one of the answer smash then. Uh, current Wolves player and scorer of our winner against Leeds in 1998. Who scored them? Oh, uh... This is so going to a tiebreaker. Oh, current Wolves player? Yes, very current. Right, I'm going to count to five in my head <laughs> and then I'm going to have to call it. Did, it did, did people hear my first guess? Which was? Leon, Leander Dendon Goodman. Oh, oh. In, the, in the words of Roy Walker, it's good, but it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else want to have a quick advance on that one? Oh, the cogs are turning, but no, it was Nelson Samaidon Goodman. Oh, no, no. no. That's close. They're good, good, but not quite. 
Close ben with that cigar. angry swig of the drink there. That was very angry. There's a lot of violence in that swig of the drink then. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's going to the tiebreaker then. It's so, no, I'm annoyed with myself. I'm annoyed with myself. <laughs> it's been the low quality round so far of quizzing. Ooh. And we're going to top it off the tiebreaker. So um put it fl- fling it up in the chat, your, your answers to this question then. So how many goals did Alan Shearer and Steve Ball score for the England full under-21 and B squads. Fucking hell. Just give us, actually, either put it in the chat or just say it out loud. It doesn't matter which. Just give us, give us your, your best estimates. Okay, I've got an estimate. I don't okay. know how to use the chat. I've got Matt's in. Oh, I've got Ben's. Lukey, what about you? Uh, I'm trying to figure out you might as well just say it now. You might as well just say it now. Oh, 67. 67. You've done me over to both of you there. That's not great. <laughs> Low balled me. No. You've, got, you've got a room of about four to get it right here. <laughs> that it might be about... Oh, the, answer, the answer was 52. Which means that Ben takes it. Hold <laughs> on. How many goals did Shira get for England? He got 30, didn't he? He got more than be better. He, he played. He had sixty-three caps and thirty goals. If my stato knowledge is right, See. but then yeah, but then that's that's just for the England full. Dan said he wanted these England full under twenty ones and B squads. So there might have been more when he was a youth. He got thirteen for the under twenty ones. I think because I only got Google record the other day. There, there should be no dating the quiz master. Yeah, you, you he, know, he, you know this. He only got thirty for England. I thought he got a lot more than that. Well done, Ben. You've took it. And now we move on to a Twitter corner. So, thank you. <clears throat> um, Nag has asked us a question: if there will be a Wolves Women Fancast special or any sort of segments going forward. Well. Wolves women are indeed on fire this season. They've played 5-1-5 in the league and they've rattled in 34 goals, picking up where they left off last season, really, just swatting aside all comers. Uh, let's not forget that they should have actually won that league last season, but that was criminally taken away from them due to the coronavirus. Um, you can actually follow them this season on Twitter, at Wolves Women. So if any of the Wolves play, women's players are listening, we would love to incorporate a Wolves Women special at some point. So let's get in touch. Let's get that one sorted. Um our former dear leader, David Evans, has wrote in, wrote, wrote in, what am I saying? Uh, which, 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 <laughs> P.O. Box. Uh, Dave says, which breakfast cereal would you class as top tier? I'm calling that tier three, by the way. Top tier. And why is it Cocoa Pops? Cocoa Pops are like Leeds and Newcastle. They're overrated. But you can see why they're rated at the same time, but still criminally overrated. They're um, not in my. They're not in my top tier. I got, they're good. They're good. Don't get me wrong, but not top tier. They're no. Uh, they're no crave. There's only top two tier. cereal in the top tier. One of them better be crunchy nut. Cookie crisp and crunchy nut. Good one. Oh no. yeah, that's good as well. It's all about Weetabix, Ready Breck. And frosted shreddies. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I, don't, I had to see your bowel movements, mate. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of fibre going on. Like Maddie sings fucking breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, it's, uh, it's not about Cocoa Pops, unfortunately. They're a, they're a bit of a basic bitch cereal in comparison to the Marks and Spencers that he's crunching up. If you're an adult eating Cocoa Pops, just put the bowl down <laughs> and think about your life choices. <laughs> Would you not also potentially classify Cookie Crisp as a kid cereal? Or oh, yeah, for sure, yeah, but, but I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. I was just checking. That's fine. Um, well, let's, let's keep on stuff you can eat then. Alex Moore says, quite simply, what's your favourite type of cake? It's a very, uh, delivered in the very Alan Partridge style there. Uh, Matt, I'm looking at you. What's your favourite cake? Is it lemon drizzle? Uh, well, yeah, you've sold my funded there. I do, like, I do like a lemon drizzle. To be fair, nice zing, as zingy as possible, please. Um, and I do like a coffee cake as well. Have you ever mixed a lemon sponge with a chocolate sponge in hot custard or warm custard? Not Sounds like something that. I should be trying. Game changer. Have chocolate cake, lemon cake at the same time, same bowl, warm custard. It's it's a winner, mate. Top tier caking. Tier three cake. <laughs> tier three cake i don't really like um i don't really like sweet things so i'm gonna go for a findus crispy pancake oh, 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 that's a game changer right there that is and that's the answer <laughs> uh superstar jj uh tweeted who would win in a fight one giant adama Traore or 10 mini kevin muscats 10 mini Kevin Muscats. Yeah, easily. Kevin Muscat is a psychopath. Like, yeah, Traore is big, but Muscat is an actual psychopath. I think one mini Kevin Muscat would win. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Either way, he's finding a way to break your shins or knees somehow, isn't he? One mini Kenny Muscat would beat up 10 giant Adama Traore. <laughs> In a way, I'm almost more concerned about a mini Kevin Muscat because I feel like he's going in <laughs> shin there. Like, I, I, I would rather fight a giant Kevin Muscat than a mini Kevin Muscat. Stu, <laughs> <laughs> um, our, our own Stu, has asked at what age should Max Kilman run for Prime Minister? He'll probably get it at like the age of 27 or something. He's, he's just one of them guys, you can tell, everything in his life is just good. He probably smells amazing. His body probably chiseled to fuck. You know, he probably grew up, he probably grew up in a fucking six-bedroom, four-bathroom house in the middle of Surrey. With a bidet? Yeah, yeah, with a heated, a heated bidet. His arsehole's clean as a whistle, isn't it? His house, yeah. I bet he's never got a hair out of place. <laughs> he's never had a fucking cling on on his arse in his life. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just probably just the perfect guy. And that's why Nuno rates him, to be yeah. honest. Because of his clean arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> and let's face it, if he gets Prime Minister, he'll probably be playing futsal all the time as well. Can he play futsal? Yeah, for England? No. Wow. Because Rob Cartwright also tweeted and says, have you mentioned futsal yet? So there's your answer, Rob. We have. We mentioned futsal. And it was also mentioned multiple times during the game, if you uh, didn't pick up on that. Um, Now, let's finish off with a relatively serious question. Uh, Is the back three... This is from John Stewart, by the way. Is the back three of Bolly, Cody, Kilman the best option going forward? 
or would it be very harsh to drop Kilman after his past two performances? Matt, what do you reckon? We, we surely can't be dropping Kilman, can we? No, I don't think so. And I think you've got to reward um, someone that's come in with very, very little, I suppose, notice, um, very little game time prior to that. You've got to uh, award and commend it. And I think it'd be incredibly harsh to that, to now drop him um, to do that. So unless he was to make an absolute series of howlers against Newcastle, he's going to be retaining his place for a while, I hope. Ben Luke, any final thoughts on that at all? I think if I think if if anyone's getting dropped out of form, really, then you've got to be looking at Bonnie, I suppose. Um, but if if it's working, two clean sheets, I think with a defence, if you're keeping clean sheets with a defence, don't change it. Hey Ben, have the final word before we sign off. Yeah, and. I'm I'm not completely opposed to size being put back in midfield as well as and when, but I think you can't drop Kilman at the minute. He was more than more than good enough to keep his place, which is hard on size because he doesn't deserve to come out the bat the battery really. But this is just the way that it goes sometimes. So yeah, ride until you die. All right then. On that note. Um... If you like what you're hearing, then please give us a five-star review. Um, make sure you subscribe and feel free, please, to have a dive into our alternative podcasts, such as the stories from the pack, the alternative Hall of Fame, and the film cast. They're all there when you go on towards Fancast. You can delve into the back catalogue there. So go and knock yourself out with all of the content that we are putting out for you. Uh, nothing left to remains except to say goodbye from Matt. Take it easy, guys. Stay safe. Yeah, it's a goodbye from Ben. Goodbye. And it's an adios from Luke Thompson. See you later. All right. Take care, guys. Catch you later.